Hello, this is Jenny. And this is Philip. And this is Tokyo Adventures Podcast, part two of our mini series, Starting Your Life in Japan. And today's going to be about the cost of living in Japan. Mm -hmm. So, this is one that people have been asking us a lot about. Um, we've had several emails coming in, several comments,、mm -hmm. and sounds like this is a really important topic to a lot of people. So, yeah. We wanted to spend a little bit more time on today's episode. Yeah, it's going to be quite a bit longer. I think even longer than the previous episode. Yeah, we want to deep dive in. Yeah, and I did intend to do this a few days sooner, but ironically, after the first episode, the next day, I got a wisdom tooth removed,、mm -hmm. and I've been struggling a little bit with it. So it's been kind of hard to talk. Yeah, it was hurting pretty bad. It e seemed. And it's still kind of hurting. So knowing this is going to be a bit longer, it just it delayed us by like a week or so. Yeah. So, Sorry about that, but we're going to do it now and we'll go ahead and jump into it. All right. First up is moving costs. So, moving costs is going to be kind of like a list of things. So,、uh, that's something I did want to mention before we even start. You may want to take notes because、mm -hmm. there is a lot of information in here. You'll kind of pick and choose what's valuable to you. So, just, you know, take notes on your phone or however you do it. Right. But I think that's a good.、Um, Thing to start with at、yeah. the top. So, the first thing you're going to have is key money. Key money is not something we have in the US, but we did see it in Korea as well. Yeah, what is that?、It's, That's a new concept for us. Yeah, essentially, it's kind of like a gift that you give to the person who rents the apartment or home out to you,、mm -hmm. and you do not get that money back. Right. And、so、it's, it's usually, different than a deposit. Yeah, it's not a deposit, right? Yeah, this one you don't. And it's usually one to two months of your base rent.、Mm -hmm. So, whatever you pay in rent, you're going to give the owner of that property one to two months worth of rent. Right. So, if you have a more <laughs> expensive place, you're going to be paying a bigger amount of key money. Yeah. Yeah. Or if it's cheaper, you know. Right. It scales with your base rent. Right.、Uh, the second part you're going to have is your deposit, which we're all familiar with. And that、yep. is, again, going to be one or two months of your base rent. And that one, they will give you back at the end if. Nothing is wrong. So, if you have scratches on, or if you put holes in your wall,、yeah. they'll take it out of that. Yeah, holes in the wall are a big no no in Japan. You don't hang shelves or anything like that.、Yeah. So, you really want to find those good 3M strips.、Mm -hmm. <laughs> We've been hunting those down yeah, it's for, to hang up our towels in the bathroom. A little mini search for those, just、yeah. trying to find the right ones that'll stay. Not all of them work on wallpaper. Yeah. So, you have to find the right ones. A little bit of a scavenger hunt. Yep. Anyway,、uh, the next one is going to be realtor fee. And this is something that you're going to have to always pay to the realtor that helps you find your home or、mm -hmm. apartment. And it、But、is you either. You have to have a realtor here. Yeah, we did mention in the last episode.、Yeah. You have to have a realtor to find an apartment here in Japan. Right. And this is going to be either one month's rent, so base rent, whatever you pay, or it's going to be a percentage of the whole cost of. Right, like, all of the fees plus your rent, all of it. Yeah. It's、and、a if, percentage. If it's a house, like it's 1% of the total cost or something like that. Yeah, or it can be 10%、mm -hmm. if you're renting an apartment.、Right. So it could be a significant amount if you're scaling up with a bigger place. Yeah. So just consider which place you're going with for your realtor company or if it's an individual. Yeah. Just ask, you can even ask them up front, like, what is your fee、mm -hmm. or, you know, cost for doing this for me? So、yeah. that way you can get an idea up front. A quick little side note while we're talking about realtors,、uh, they can negotiate key money like we talked about earlier. Oh, yeah, that is important. Yeah. They, they are your negotiator. And、mm -hmm. I think you got a little bit negotiated. I, did. I got、right? one month of key money knocked off. So、okay. 
Ours was two months and they brought it down to one. Yeah. So definitely take advantage of that with your realtor because that saved us a couple grand. Yeah. So definitely do that. Uh, the next one is going to be your guarantor fee. Guarantor fee, sorry. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be pretty much for all foreigners who come in Japan, come to Japan. Mm-hmm. And that's a company or your work company can do it too, right? Uh, no, they sign them out. It's it's a it's a dedicated company. Okay, it's a dedicated company. Yeah, basically the thought is it they guarantee right that the payment comes in for whoever's renting out the apartment or house. Mm-hmm. So I think part of the origination is a lot of people leave Japan and they may not finish their contract. So if you have a two-year contract here mm-hmm. and a foreigner comes after one year and they have to go back home, mm-hmm. then they're stuck and they're in the middle of it. So this guarantor... Kind of takes over. Yeah, it okay. makes it a little bit safer for them. So okay. in a sense, I would consider it a positive because it gives you more options, right? Having that. Gotcha. Okay, so foreigners, I think, almost always have to have the guarantor. And the guarantor fee is going to be about a half month's rent to one month's rent. Mm-hmm. And you don't get that back, right? Right. Okay, good to know. Yeah, a lot of these I'm not even sure of because <laughs> Phil went through the process without me, so I have to double check with yep. him. Uh, the next one is going to be a pet fee mm-hmm. and deposit. That could. This is going to vary from place to place how much you're going to pay. Right. You may have to pay an entire month's rent for a pet it mm-hmm. could be per pet mm-hmm. you have no idea yes and it could be that is a fee that you do not get back or it could be a deposit that you may get back if the pet doesn't damage your home right a lot of times dogs nails may scratch up the floors so that's where yep. they think about it and they say yeah if there's no scratches you get your deposit back otherwise you may have to pay to replace some yeah, and on top of a deposit or a fee, you may also have pet rent. That mm-hmm. is something that's becoming more common in the U.S. I don't think it's as common here in Japan, but I have a feeling eventually it's going to become the norm here as well. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So just prepare for that. And then the uh, next one is going to... Did I say how much that was going to be? About a uh, month? I think so. A month or two months rent. Yeah. Depending on your place, it's right. really going to vary. Yeah, I did say. Okay, uh, the next one is going to be your fees up front. And this is essentially your upfront money. Like mm-hmm. here's a month to two months upfront of my rent. A lot of times, I think in um, places like New York, you have to pay your first month's rent uh-huh. and your last month's rent. Yep. So it's, it's kind of the same thing here. It's like your upfront fees. Yeah. And that'll just depend, again, from place to place. Right. I think I saw a few places that had an admin fee, which was like $50, nothing really big. But almost all of them had where you have to pay your first or second month of rent. So that's, you're not losing anything, but you basically have to have that money ready. Yeah. Yeah. You pretty much, if you're moving here, it's going to cost you a lot of money. That's why when people move into apartments Mm -hmm. or move into homes that they're renting, they stay for several years. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. And then like Phil and I love to move around. A Mm -hmm. lot of people think it's a hassle, but we both love it. So when we were in the States, we'd move every year. Yeah. We used to move every year and then we'd get all these like new sign up bonuses yeah do a lot of stuff because they do like a month free or it's a little bit cheaper and it's a bigger place so we moved around wherever because it was really fun and here we can't really do that because when you have to drop fifteen thousand dollars to move into a new place it's not something everyone can do every year so typically i want to say people stay in their place from like three to five years I think that's that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Most people renew if they're staying here long term. Yeah. 
And then you were going to give us an example to kind of break down all of these fees and see what it looks like. Yeah. So to put in perspective, all those things we said, let's just say you look for some apartments here and you find one and it's $1,500 a month. That's roughly equivalent to uh, 150,000 yen. And so your move-in fees total would be $6,750. And so the the breakdown of that would be in the example one month of key money one month deposit uh one month realtor fee a half a month for your guarantor fee no pets and then you have to pay one month up front so that that's still substantial it's still six thousand dollars yeah and that's on the lower end because you're not saying two months of this two months of that two months of this this is one so that's on the lower end. It could mm-hmm. be closer to $10,000. Yeah. If all those are two months, then you're looking at 10000 And if your place is $2,000, you are getting up towards $15,000. Yeah. So you really have to... It adds up. You have to prepare. Like you have to know kind of what your base rent is going to look like in your next place to mm-hmm. have that as like, okay, this is what we're working with. And then, you know, you can plan kind of how many months in advance you're going to need. Yeah. Because if you might need fifteen, twenty thousand $20,000 to move house, it gets right. a little crazy. So that's one of the biggest things you have to worry about when you very first get here. Yeah. I think you can use this formula pretty consistently. Um, the ranges we gave are what I've seen um, pretty commonly amongst yeah. at least 10 apartments that I saw personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can kind of just gauge that and look at how much monthly rent you're expecting. Yeah. And then you can get a good idea. Yeah. All right. Let's kind of move on from moving in cost. Uh, it's kind of still moving in costs because as we mentioned in the last episode, a lot of things when you move into a home is not standard. Mm-hmm. So some of these things that you know, you may expect to get in a Western home. You're not going to get here in Japan. So you are going to have to purchase them upon moving in. Right. And that obviously is going to be some sort of furniture. Most places are not furnished move-in places here. So that's anything you want to buy. Your bed, your couch, all of the furnishings. Yeah. <laughs> your tables, your yeah. chairs Yeah. So that, that. that price is dependent on how you want to spend. Uh, you will also have to buy a washer and or dryer. Mm-hmm. So that can range from just a few hundred dollars to thousands of dollars. Yeah. Like the washer dryer combo, we got a really nice one because we're investing. We're going to stay mm-hmm. in Japan long term. So right. for us, it was worth the couple of grand that we spent on yeah, it. We spent a lot of money we spent on a our lot of money on washer and dryer. fridge and washer and dryer. But for people who are just going to be here on like a teaching mm-hmm. thing or just a few years, maybe you only want to spend like three Couple or four hundred dollars. Yeah. And that's where you can go hit up the Sayonara, Sayonara sales. sales on yeah. Facebook. And I want to say <laughs> before we move on, uh-huh. I want to tell you about my Sayonara, oh, my Sayonara wow. sale find. She found I something found amazing. The best Sayonara sale uh, ever. You get like the golden star of the <laughs> month for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyone who's been listening or follows me on Instagram knows that I love coffee. Mm-hmm. And I have been wanting an espresso machine for a while. Right. I purchased an AeroPress also off of Sayonara sales for a really cheap price. And I've been doing that. But I've been wanting a machine because getting the hand grinder out and grinding the beans and then pressing the AeroPress while it's fun. It's it gets, fun for a while. It gets It's get, getting to be a bit old. Yeah. And I have to like, you know, break apart the grinder and clean it all out uh-huh. and stuff. So I just wanted something a little simpler. Right. So I just happened to scroll on Sayonara Sales in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> there was a like super fancy espresso machine. Like, it's, it, it's really fancy. Like a fancy DeLonghi, if you know uh-huh. that brand. And 
people were jumping on it because he had just posted it a few minutes earlier and it was like a really really expensive machine uh-huh. should i say yeah, yeah okay for it. <laughs> it was a 1300 dollar machine so over a thousand dollars over a thousand dollars for this espresso espresso machine and he was selling it for 300 uh-huh which is still pricey it's for still, yeah, an we, espresso machine we were not planning on spending any money no, this month we like were, not. we're trying to save our money and that pops up and it's like what do you do yeah so people are already asking about it i'm like there's no way i'm gonna get this so Uh i i messaged the guy i'm like hey is it still available i'd like to take it i can actually come pick it up we're not too far from you Uh and he's like oh it's already reserved and then i'm like oh okay and then i was like okay let me just throw it out there and see if he's like willing to Uh negotiate right (laughs) and so i'm like okay it's actually 290 Two th- uh, oh, under 300 uh, yeah yeah it was under 300 so i'm like okay i will give you 300 so ten dollars more and i will come get it right now uh-huh. and he's like i don't know it's raining outside <laughs> are you gonna be able to do that it's, it's like, really heavy it's really heavy it? it's far away and i'm like no it's not that big a deal no worries we've done way bigger things yeah <laughs> we've carried way bigger things mm-hmm. and uh, it took me a like convincing again and again and again he's like are you sure i'm like yeah i'll bring my husband we'll be fine no yep. big deal and, he's and like, we'll meet you like there you don't even have to take it to the station yeah and so finally he agreed to it <laughs> and we went there and we walked like 20 minutes in the rain phil and i and then we pick it up and he's this like really eccentric italian guy yeah he, and he's like he had a lively personality <laughs> he's like i don't know why she bought this she's only used it twice it was so expensive <laughs> his wife yeah yeah, yeah. It, he was really funny uh but yeah it was great it's basically brand new she hadn't used mm-hmm. it very much it was in perfect condition and then and Phil and I got an Ikea bag and yeah, we smashed one. it in there. And then we both held our umbrellas and we carried uh, one handle, each of us. Yeah, and that, we... that was a smart idea. <laughs> no, it was brilliant, wasn't it? And then we took it to the station. Now I have a $1,300 espresso <laughs> machine. So when we say Tokyo Sayonara sales is great, it's right. amazing. So definitely yeah. when you get here or even before you get here, get, you know, kind of scout and check out for things you might want because you never know what you're going to get. Right. You could always resell that for more, even if you don't like it. Yeah. I, I mean, whatever. Yeah. When people have to go, they got to go. And yeah. They just people sell are just trying stuff. to get rid of that stuff as quick as possible. Yeah. Okay. That was a giant tangent, but yeah, I wanted that was to our, tell you that was my our adventure. story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so washer and dryer can be a few hundred dollars to a few thousand dollars Mm -hmm. uh the stove is going to be kind of the same thing and we what we mean by stove we don't mean like a giant unit like a box unit they have on the counter right like a stove top counter Mm -hmm. piece like a portable stove yeah and then like you would think that that would be in a house it's just not here right a lot of times and especially the smaller cheaper places yeah exactly i think the more you spend the more these things are included but yeah and also i think the newer the place yeah not just how much you spend yeah so that may be something you have to budget for so look out for that mm-hmm. it could be again probably a few hundred dollars to right. a few thousand um air conditioners these are a big one yeah so in the u.s like every every apartment always has air conditioning as a central ac yeah unless you live in a place like seattle or the pacific northwest yeah and we mentioned it it. last episode but it's something you never have to buy it though yeah so you may have to buy air conditioners that you literally take with you from apartment to apartment Mm -hmm. and it's not even like a little roll around we're oh, talking it about can the, be. But yeah. Typically, you're buying ones that are mounted on the wall. Right. The legit ones with a unit outside they hook up. Yeah. 
hooks up on your ceiling or wall. Yeah, and how many of those you want to get is dependent on you. Like, yeah. do you want one in your living room? Do you want one in your bedroom or your office? Or are you going to be like conservative and you have one for the <laughs> whole house and it's like you have a cold room right, right. or a hot room yep. during the winter? It gets hot in the summer too. So you may think you're okay yeah. and then summer hits and you're yeah. like, uh-uh, nope, no. <laughs> can't do this. So your, your air cons... Uh, I think they're probably going to be in the high hundreds yeah. to multiple thousands, right. not low hundreds. So if you if you have like three rooms, your living room, your bedroom, and hallway or something, that could be $3,000. Yeah, probably on the lower end. Right. So that's something you need to budget for. Yep. Uh, fridge, which we mentioned, that mm-hmm. again can be something that's just a few hundred dollars to something that's a few thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, fridges are a bit smaller here. So yep. if you have a bigger family, you're going to need to budget for a bigger fridge. Right. Because a lot of places have like those half size ones. The mini fridges. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, like if you have a bigger family, guaranteed you're going to have to spend a few thousand dollars to get a nice fridge. Yep. Unless you get on that Sayonara sales <laughs> stream. Right. <laughs> um curtains yep. this is something that i think some places have in the u.s they yeah. usually have like blinds they usually have blinds some right. kind of like blind but here they don't have anything and you usually have to buy either blinds or mm-hmm. curtains right and they can be actually pretty pricey here yes yeah because they're heavy i guess the tip there is go to ikea if you uh, yeah. need to save they have cheaper ones right and yeah i mean i think ikea is fine for most people yeah so there, there's nicer places you'll figure it out if yeah you want something fancy. i mean if you want something fancy like go off do your thing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we're fine with ikea uh light fixtures uh-huh you have to often buy the light fixtures so the actual light on the ceiling right in each room not all places include that and mm-hmm. they can be pretty pricey here as and well they're usually like a hookup too so it's not always just a light bulb like a light socket yeah they it's have the actual like physical unit yeah they're like these round discs and some of them are nice you can actually turn them on or off via remote well uh, you can do like dimming yeah. or you can do like a night light and those or are really common like a cool shade or a warm shade mm-hmm. they're really nice but you do have to buy those and kind of take those with you from apartment to apartment yeah now, here's a pro tip for that um, so if you move into a place and they have lights in every room, sometimes you have to turn them on and off with all the switches or mm-hmm. the remotes. And then you have an air conditioner in each room. Mm-hmm. You might end up with like, you know, four remotes to 10 remotes and it gets a lot. So what you can do is buy these little units called either like a Sensibo or Nature Remo. And they're these devices that you can automate turning on and off all those devices via your phone. Okay. And then you can hook up Google and you can say... Hey, turn on the AC here. Hey, turn on the lights in my living room. Yeah. You um, don't need Google to make no, those work, right? No, but you That's need the device. That's just how we have set it, have yeah. it set up. You can yeah. use it with uh, Siri or Alexa and all those. Gotcha. Yeah, so we can just say like, hey, Google, turn on the lights and it does the lights for the entire house. Yeah. So we don't have to worry about it. It's actually or at makes... night when you're going to sleep. Yeah, when you're going to sleep, just don't turn off get all the lights in the house. So uh, that's great if you've got a million remotes. Yeah, I think that one's <laughs> that one's really valuable. All right, let's move on to monthly costs. Okay. So monthly costs, uh, we're going to start with monthly rent. Yep. Monthly rent is going to depend on what you choose. Mm-hmm. So obviously we can't give you a base rent because your base rent is your base rent. Right. So you have to prepare for that. Uh, you may also have to uh, pay pet rent, mm-hmm. as we mentioned. That may or may not be a thing. If you have a car, car 
parking spaces are mm-hmm. very expensive. Yes. Usually a couple hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Most of the time, if you are in Tokyo, just plan on that being really expensive. Probably would not recommend a car. Yeah. If you're further out or if you're in like Nagoya or someplace that's more rural, then that might, might be a lot a cheaper. It yeah. might be okay. And I think they only allow you to have one parking spot and they're usually pretty places, small. Yeah. So if you have more than one car, I, I really just don't know how someone navigates yeah, with a car just, in you Tokyo. You smash into one if you have a family. Whew. Uh, bike parking. Yeah. Bike parking we pay for. We both have bikes mm-hmm. and it's a really nice uh, enclosed bike area with yep. pumps and your own little like. Yeah, I think ours is really nice. Is a ours lot... fancy? Ours was pretty good because it has its own room. Yeah. Um, ours has like a fob room that you have yeah, to scan so it's into. Safe. A lot of them are typically outside, but mm. they're at least covered. Yeah. Um, But usually you still have to pay for a spot. It can yeah. be as cheap as $5 a month or it could be you know, a little bit pricier, like 15. Yeah. And it's usually just like a little, what, like a, you like ride your bike into yeah, it a little and it bike holds rack. it. Yep, yeah. Yep. And it's really nice. But it, I mean, you really, if you don't have a bike here, you're missing out because yeah, bikes are I, so I great in it. Tokyo. It's, it's awesome to it's bike here. totally worth the monthly. Yeah. And then storage, mm-hmm. you may have to pay a storage fee if you have extra things that don't fit in your tiny little tokyo right. apartment we don't have storage but we might look into it next apartment yep because uh we have some overflow of things that mm-hmm. you know we switch out for in the summer versus the winter yes or as we accumulate things and we're saving boxes for resale yeah whatever you need storage for you may end up having to pay a storage fee right highly right. recommend purging as much as you can before you yeah. move here try to start out with a clean start because you may not know the size of your place when you get here yeah Less so, is more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For sure. Yep. Okay, that is the uh, monthly rent kind of breakdown, and then I'll let you do utilities because you're a little bit more familiar right. since yeah. you're the you're the bill guy. Yeah, we're gonna. I'm probably gonna di- dive a little bit deeper into some of these things just because um, I'm a little bit more familiar. And whenever we set everything yeah. up, I had to go through them. And a lot of people don't talk about the cost of utilities, but yeah. utilities are a big part of your monthly costs and you've got to know how to budget for that. So So we want to give you a good example of what it's actually going to cost, you know, when you first get here and what you're expecting monthly, because that's what people are at budgeting. Yeah. Especially whenever you're trying to figure out, will my job cover my cost of living? How much will I have for traveling? Especially on like a teacher salary or something. Yeah. Yeah. That gets a little tighter. To start with, just so you know, kind of what you're, you're dealing with here, we have a two LDK that yes. is like like 60, 75, 60, 64 square meters. 64 square meters. So about 60, 650 square feet. Yeah. Okay. So that is a bit bigger for Tokyo. Mm-hmm. So this might be yeah, a little... Yeah, we have a bigger two bedroom. Right. So these prices might even be a bit more than you're looking at if you were doing like a one right. DK or one LDK. Yeah. We also love air conditioner in the summer. We, mm-hmm. we run it as soon as we get hot. Yeah. A lot of people will suffer in the summer and they will suffer in the winter and they'll, yeah. be, they'll bundle up instead of using the heat. Yes. But Phil and I are used to our central AC. Yeah. So we run our heater and we run our air conditioner. Yeah. So we're probably a good example of a little bit higher end the for higher end. electricity and yeah. usage, especially because there's two of us and the cats. Yep. So the cats sometimes and cause... we like have food. a washer and dryer. So right. So that's an electric use that a lot of people don't have yes. here. Yeah. So. All right. So to start out... You have your basic essentials. You've got water, gas, electricity, water. Um, this usually includes your sewage and trash. So those are usually bundled together. 
Um, in Seattle, those were often separate expense. So it was a lot of more. So I would say an average for water is about $40. And ours and a couple other places from people that I've talked to charge bi-monthly. So that means if it's $40, that's for two months worth. Right. And we only get that piece of paper in the mail every two months, right? Yeah. Is that I, how it works? Actually, I didn't say that right. It's it's $40 per month, but you get a bill for $80 or like 60 bucks. And so typically, oh, I think we've okay. seen it around $60, $80 when it comes in. But it's for two months. Two months worth. Okay. Right. Yeah. And you get, I don't know if it's every place, but ours is we actually get that bill in the mail. We'll get it as a piece of paper. Yeah. And it will say, oh, it's your, what, sewage and trash. Uh-huh. And you actually take that piece of paper you get in your mail to your convini. Yeah, your convenience store. <laughs> which is They're great. super convenient. Convenies are amazing here. It's crazy. <laughs> so you take that paper to your convini, you pay it, they stamp it, and you are good to go. You yep. have paid your utility for That's water. That's it. So when you first get here, you get that first bill. Just don't panic. Just go to your convini. Yeah. They'll know what to do. Yeah, and things are always a little bit higher in your first month because yeah. things are delayed a little bit mm-hmm. and you might see an extra month that you hadn't paid right so you might have three months your on first there two months or two. three months right so just be prepared that you might pay a little bit more in the beginning all right so up next is gas gas we've seen is typically around 20 to 40 dollars which is not totally crazy and it seems pretty consistent yeah um, and we use it for when we take baths mm-hmm. that uses gas we yep. also have heated floors right. which uses gas and then i believe our stove range uses gas as well uh, i don't know I'm pretty sure. You think so? I think so, Okay. Yeah. That one's a good good one. I'm not really sure. Yeah. All right. So gas, yeah, I think you can expect that range roughly for even a one-bedroom or two-bedroom is probably going to be about 20 to 40 bucks. And then up next is electricity. This is the big one. Everyone always asks, how much is electricity <laughs> there? It's so, pricey. Yeah. The, the price is all over the place, to be honest. Yeah. So we have this cool app that can actually track it. It's the AU Denki app. And if I look at our months, it fluctuates all the way down from $60 a month to $200 once, yep. which was crazy, yep. like $200 for electricity for one month. Yeah. That that just like freaked us out and we're like, oh no, what are we doing? Yeah. Can we turn off stuff? Um, and a lot of that is honestly from the air conditioning yeah. during the summer. Right. During the winter, I don't think it's as expensive, but I think we keep our rooms a little bit cooler than most people well when we looked at it online because we were trying to figure out what was going on with mm-hmm. our electricity because 200 dollars a month is crazy right like it was super cheap in the u.s yeah and we were looking and apparently the most expensive months are the winter months in japan because mm-hmm. i think japanese people right like to stay really warm and they're right. using they're, their, they're colder people they're using their heater Whereas us in the winter, we don't use our heater as much <laughs> as I think Japanese people do. Right. We like it frigid in our apartment. we love to be cold. Right. So we save actually in the winter, but in the summer, we're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> we turn on the air conditioner as soon as it gets mildly warm. Yeah. And you so can't open the windows because it's, it's super so humid outside. It's just muggy and nasty. Yeah. yeah. So in the summer, we are pretty high on the electricity end. Yep. So what I would say is... For a two-bedroom, I would say roughly expect around $60 to $150 a month for electricity. For a one-bedroom, I would say about $40 a month to $120 a month. That's kind of your range. Yeah, and it's just going to fluctuate throughout the year and how often you need to use it. Yeah, exactly. Um, So talking about water, gas, electricity, something that's really cool is that you can combine these and pay them all under a single phone provider. 
Yeah, a phone provider. Yeah. So like <laughs> it's very weird. You know, Verizon or whatever from the US, AT and T, they they host your utilities, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. They just there's a lot of companies here that do way too many things. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just all in one. Um and I'll I'll talk a little bit more about that. We'll get into phones in a minute. Yeah. But I want to switch it over to transportation because this is another section that I think people are really interested in because when you're moving to Japan, a lot of people like to travel, right? Mm-hmm. You want to go see stuff, and you're wondering, how much does that cost? Well, a lot of places in the U.S. Uh, don't use trains daily. Right. Unless you're, like, in New York. Yeah, or, you should I, have gas. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you have your car and all right. that. But using the trains, it's a little bit different. Like, how do you budget for that? How much are you going to yeah. use the train car? Right. So you can do that one. So this this largely varies on how much you go out. And I would say a good range is $50 on the lower end if you're just going to work and back. Yeah. And then about $150 a month if you're going out pretty frequently, like every other day, you're walking around Tokyo. Plus your commute. Plus your commute. And you can get a pass. Yeah. That will save you a little bit of money, right? Yes. So there's the Suica or Passmo. Okay. And it's like a monthly pass. What is it called? Uh, they do have a monthly commuter pass. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. So the commuter pass is actually a little bit of a discount mm-hmm. because you're using that same route every day. Right. Is that how it works? Yeah, exactly. And you can set that up with your Passmo or your Suica uh, to say, I'm going to take this route every day as my commute. I pay this amount that's set and it's a little bit cheaper and it'll save you a little bit of money. Yeah, I think that's especially good for work. Um, but you have to know your route, so you can't just buy a commuter pass and say, I'm going to explore everywhere. Yeah, yeah it it's for like a set that. route. Yeah. Um, but yes, definitely get a Suica, get a Passmo. Something that's awesome about them is that you can put them on your phone now. Yeah. This happened since yeah, we've been here. Since we've moved to Japan this past year, Apple and Android are now accepting Suica and Passmo, Yay. which is great because before you had to carry this physical card around yep. and you had to charge it up. And if you lost your card... You may not yes. get it back. And if you have $200 on your Suica, yeah. you're screwed. <laughs> right. So now you can actually, you get your physical card from mm-hmm. the machine yep. and then you connect it with your Apple or your Android mm-hmm. and then your card lives in your phone and then you can just reload your card from your phone. Yeah. It's amazing. Super cool. Yeah. You, you used to be able to do iPhone a little bit sooner than Android, but now it's supported across yeah, all Android's those devices. Devices. The devices. <laughs> and then uh, your Apple Watch, which I think this is kind of cool. Yeah. So if you forget your phone, you can always use your watch and you can be cool and boop it through. Oh, yeah. As you're like... <laughs> I'm doing the hand through. gesture, but nobody can no see it. No one can see Like, boop. But you wrist. do need a separate card for your yeah. watch versus your phone. Yeah. So it's... if you want to use your watch and your phone, you have to have two different cards yes. and you have to load both of them. Right. And it, it's pretty easy. Um, whenever you go to your Apple Wallet or Google Pay... Mm-hmm. There's an option to add a card and add a transit card, I think they call it. Mm-hmm. And then it says, scan your Suica card. And yeah. you'll take your Suica card and lay your phone on it and it'll transfer it over. Yeah, it's And then that easy. card is dead, just so you know. It's yeah. on your phone. Yeah. All right, next. All right. Uh, so talking about transportation, um, the subway train system and Suica Passmo we just talked about. Yep. In addition to that, some people might also take taxis, depending on where you are. Or yeah. If you're a night person and you're out partying and it's like 4 a.m., 
you may miss the subway and you don't want to wait for the first train in the morning so you yeah. may take a taxi yeah because last train varies from where you are it yeah. can be like 11 or it can be like one yamanote i think is the latest and that's typically twelve forty-five in the morning yeah i think is like last train well it, they even just lowered it yeah. by like 30 minutes because yeah. they're trying to discourage people from using the trains that right. late though i don't think it's going to <laughs> yeah. uh yeah so yeah if you live if you live further out that may be as early as 11.30 p.m. And yeah. so you might miss your train and it's 12 p.m. And you just, you know, went to the movies and you forgot. 12 a.m. <laughs> yeah, sorry. And uh, you might have to take a taxi. Yeah. And, and then... how de- that depends on how much you like to go out. Yeah. Taxis can be pricey too. Like they, $50 They can for be pretty expensive. Across Tokyo Road. And Uber is just coming here. Uh-huh. And it's pretty pricey. It doesn't really exist, I would say. Yeah. Or, I wouldn't depend wouldn't on, on Uber. We haven't used a taxi. Well, I haven't used a taxi. Did you? I've used it once. Once? Oh, <laughs> once okay. Once in two years, basically. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Next. Uh, so next is bike parking, like we talked about. Um, if you are going to work every day on your bike, or if you go to a station and then take the train, you might have to pay for bike parking. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of money. It's usually like a dollar, two dollars um, for the public ones, or if you're at your work one, it might be like fifty dollars a month. But it's something you should think about. Think about your commute. Think about where you're working and living. It's worth adding mm-hmm. into your monthly budget. Yeah, because if you're 15 20 minutes away from a station right. that you need to get to work yes you can take your bike and you turn that 20 minute walk into a five minute walk you just park your bike right. at the station it costs you like two dollars or a dollar however much yeah and it saves you a ton of time every day it's totally worth it yeah it used to be where you could just hike your bark on hike, <laughs> pike your bark. bark wow that was a listexic thing there <laughs> dyslexic um yeah, you used to be able to just chain your bike up against the railing in yeah. a lot of places, but Japan has been kind of cracking down on that and saying, "I see." No, you need to properly. I bike, see uh, park bikes it. with you Man, keep messing me up. <laughs> <laughs> I see bikes parked with red tickets on them all over the place yeah. now, so they are really being uh, sticklers on that. So yeah. don't be setting your bikes in <laughs> random places because don't be surprised if you get a ticket. And what I would say is, if you have a really fancy bike, like if you spent two thousand dollars on your bike you have yeah. a really good one probably want to bring it over if possible yeah uh, i recommend it because their bikes here are not great they have most more, of them they have cheaper ones and more economic models here yeah so if, if you have a really nice one i'd say bring it but if you have one that's just okay i would say sell it and buy one here yeah they have nice ones they're just not as common yeah typically you see like the kind of what is that like vintage style with like mm-hmm. the basket yeah the very cliche riding your bike through the rice fields like yeah you know, that, kind of style. that kind of style or the mom bikes the mom bikes mom oh, bikes this is are a thing. huge in japan yeah there are bikes everywhere and they've got little like car seats on uh-huh. the back and so the mom's load up their groceries i'm assuming they can have like two or three kids on this thing or three kids yeah riding (laughs) on the bike with them they are absolute units and they're electric powered so they're cruising and uh technically you're supposed to use your bike on the road right but almost everyone always goes on the sidewalk and these mom bikes they just fly through and they don't use their bell (laughs) they don't care they will take you out you're just peacefully walking down the sidewalk and (laughs) just mom bikes cruises by almost (laughs) you know gets your ear clipped (laughs) oh mom bikes yeah uh cars yeah all right so last thing on transportation so we talked about bikes taxis trains and cars if you own a car toll roads are pretty expensive Mm -hmm. so just again look at your commute look at where you're gonna live parking um 
where you live and then also at your work and yeah. inspection fees. Yeah. So all the usual monthly car yeah, fees that not, you have to deal with. It's not really any different in the US. I would just say if you're looking into a car, just plan on paying about the same. Yeah. It's it's not really dramatically less or more. Yeah. All right. We're gonna move on to banks. Ooh, fun one. Yeah. And this one is gonna be <clears throat> probably heavy Philip talking yeah. again because yeah. he set all this up again for us. Oh man. So <laughs> yeah. Japanese banks are a pain in the butt. Yeah. Wow. It, they they're suck. just so. I would say they're behind the times. Yeah, for they're sure. They're very traditional. They like their paperwork. Yeah. Most don't use digital systems. Yep. Um, the more Japanese it gets, the more paper and in person it gets. Yeah. And then if you get ones that are a little bit more Western influenced, the better and better it gets, and more like digitized and efficient. Yeah, because when you set up your bank account, it was like. A full day, right? Yeah. And that was with an efficient place. And you were with a translator. Am I yeah. Right? I had yeah. a translator with me. My company helped set this up. Yeah. Um, they were really awesome. When they moved over, they gave someone for a day to help go set up like my bank and all that. Yeah. And so they, they said, let's go here. So I went and tried that bank. <laughs> so there's there's basically three banks I would say are very foreigner friendly that are well known. Yeah. One is Shinsei Bank. The next one is Prestia. And then the third one is Sony. Mm-hmm. So most people I knew got set up with Prestia or Shinsei. And they're okay. Like the online site is, uh, I think it was in English. It's functional. <laughs> like it took an entire day to go get it set up. I had to sign, you know, 500 documents, sign yeah. my life away, agreed to all the terms that yeah. I don't know what they are. And I had to translate it. Yep. Um, and I didn't have to get a honko. So I could actually use great. a signature. Yeah. So I had to go in person to sign up my online account. Oh my <laughs> and then I had like a physical pin code I had to put in to set up my online account. Yeah. Which you have to go in person to go get so you can do it. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's very strange. Yeah. Uh, the Japanese places, if you want to do a bank transfer, like you want to send money to your friend, you have to go in person to set up a digital transfer. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> it just, that blows my mind uh so yeah basically they're really difficult they're trying to make them better they're just this is an area where japan still struggles a little bit yeah and a a lot of banks outside of those three don't work with foreigners am i right some of them will even just say no we only work with japanese Japanese. nationals yeah so just be prepared for that that's just the way it is so if you're working with shinsei prestia or sony Mm -hmm. you're gonna be at least good yeah you'll be okay you'll survive yeah (laughs) you just set it up deal with it and then you're done yeah um so yeah transfer fees that's a thing so if you're needing to transfer money from account to account there's often those fees and then there's atm charges for when you pull out cash um at most places now to help you and say, okay, how do I make this better? That sounds terrible, Philip. Yeah. Why are you making this so rough? Because I want to say Sony is awesome. Yeah. Sony Bank has been a yeah. game changer for us. And you're thinking Sony, like cameras and TVs, TVs and all that yes. stuff. Yeah. Same company, but it's kind of like another branch. Yeah. And they have a bank. Yep. And they're they're somewhat separate. It's not quite the same company, but it's, you know, falls under, under the, the same parent. umbrella. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, the owner or the person who runs it is this lady that is an expat herself. And she wanted it to be her goal to make something that's actually focused around trying to help people that are foreigners Mm -hmm. and make this easier, make it more efficient. Yeah. So Sony is free. You can sign up online. You don't have to go into any place. There's not like a yearly. 
nope. anything with There's it. There's no okay. yearly fee. Uh, you can get free ATM withdrawals. They have a it, debit card you get. Is for there free. a limit on your ATM withdrawals? I think you get three to five. Okay. So if you just pull everything out for the month at once, you're yeah. okay. Yeah, I gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and they give you debit card, which actually has cash back. Oh yeah, point five percent cash back. Yep. So you can use that like a credit card when you first get here. Yeah, so you can connect that with uh, whoever is paying you. <laughs> yeah. Your place your, of employment. Your work. <laughs> your work. Connect it with your work and then they can deposit your money into your Sony account. And then yeah. you can use your debit card as like a credit card. Yep. And you can always set that up. Like if you come over here and have to use a specific bank, you can set it up later. Yeah. It's free. It's easy. Yeah. And we tried uh, Shinsei at first. Mm-hmm. And... It was just like, okay. It's okay. Yeah. So we have both sides of the experience. Shinsei was okay. Yeah. And but some of my friends Sony, Sony is awesome. We right. loved it. And we got the card and cards are hard to get here for foreigners. Yep. I think you can even get a family card. Yeah. So typically you have to have a bank account per person, even if you're married. Yeah. The Japanese way is that the wife has one and the husband has one or yeah. your spouse or significant other. Yeah. And... I don't know why they just don't use joint accounts that often. Yeah. And so it's a bit weird. Sony's like, hey, there's people that live together. Maybe they should share an account. Yeah. And so we share an account, right? Yeah. Is that right? Uh, Or did I get my own? No, we we we, didn't. We never did that. We forgot to do it. Yeah. So we have several ones (laughs) at this moment, but what we do is just use the one that I set up and we share it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But they have family cards. We just haven't set it up. Yeah, I guess we should do that. Yeah, we should do that, right? (laughs) Okay, uh, moving on from banks and that kind of stuff, we're going to go to insurance. Yeah. And you're again going to be fun, exciting. Yeah. But I got to let people know. So life insurance, health insurance, those are typically through your company. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you sign up, they should let you know if they're going to provide it automatically or if you have to go get it. Mm -hmm. Now, almost Every place gives you the national health insurance. Japan, this is pretty much standard. Yeah, it's great. Everyone has the same insurance. It's it's actually really awesome. Yeah. We've we've gone to the doctor and in the US it's We've gone to oh, the doctor geez. and the dentist uh-huh. and the dermatologist. We've been right. to every doctor kind of thing we can do. In the US it would be it's just thousands a, and thousands yeah, of like dollars. Yeah, like an $800 trip. You're going to go get something tested, do blood work, whatever. Yeah. And here it's six bucks, six dollars. <laughs> or you or know, less. Yeah, it's really cheap. Yeah. And that's not like, oh, it's just free. We obviously have very high taxes here. We're paying for those things. Right. But having that insurance and that security of knowing when you're sick, you can go to the doctor for a few bucks versus a few hundred dollars is yeah. amazing. It's a totally new thing for us from the U.S. Yeah. So these these will automatically be deducted from your pay through your work company. Yep. And then your housing insurance, most places will require you to set that up. So if you're in an apartment, they'll usually require you to get earthquake insurance. Um, they usually inclu- includes theft, stuff gets stolen, or if you have a fire, um, that's usually Other all part of it. Other disasters too, right? Like a... Um tsunami yeah, hi momo yeah. hi momo momo woke up from his oh, bowl no <laughs> he's walking around he's gonna come say hi yeah you'll, say hi, you're momo? gonna hear him a bit <laughs> um insurance yeah okay so like the housing insurance earthquake disaster because mm-hmm. earthquakes are a thing yeah disasters are a thing yep. in here unfortunately theft and then oh 
for getting this insurance for your home, you actually get a tax deduction, yeah, which yes. we didn't know until we did taxes this past mm-hmm. year. So you usually you'll get a like a certificate of an insurance for your home, and you need to keep that certificate because you will need to provide that as proof of insurance to get that tax deduction. Yes, yes. So it's a small way to save money, but every little bit counts. Every little bit matters. Yep. It's not crazy expensive. I think ours was, uh, I want to say $200. For the for year, three years. Oh, three. Oh, dang. Yeah, that's really cheap. So it's not it's not bad. I mean, it's an upfront cost, something you have to pay. Yeah. But at least you don't have to pay it monthly. It's just a one time fee. Tax deductible. Yeah. Okay, so next we're gonna do documents and ward stuff. Woo-hoo. This is something you're going to have to do a lot when you very first get here. You're mm-hmm. going to have to go to the ward office. You're gonna have yep. to get a bunch of paperwork and documents and they have to be You have official. to register your bike. You have yeah. to register your apartment, your yeah. address. You have to register your pets. <laughs> <laughs> you have to provide proof of where you live and yes. proof of residency. And you have to pay for each of these little sheets. Proof of your work. All of these papers are individual things that you have to have original copies from yep. the um ward to office go in person to your ward office and it has to be stamped and each one costs something yeah so while this is not going to be like an enormous amount of money just know up front that you may have to pay even like up to like a hundred dollars in these fees in the beginning right. to get all just of total. these right yeah. so all of those papers can just add up yeah it's good to know um, something else that's kind of interesting just while we're talking about the ward office, which the ward office is like your local, uh, county office oh, if yeah, you're in the U.S. Oh, yeah, yep, yep. But here they call them wards. So this is like Shibuya, Minato, um, if you live in wherever, just somewhere in the local Tokyo area, or even yeah. outside. Um, it's your little local city office. place. Yeah. yeah. It's good to be familiar with where your ward office is mm-hmm. and like how long it takes to get there because you may have to run to your ward office or something random. Some and... places require you to go there for trash stickers. Yeah. Which like is if crazy. you're going to throw away, you have like an old chair yeah. you want to get rid of it. It's too big to throw in the trash. You have to go buy stickers from your local ward office yep. that pays for that piece of furniture to be picked up on a certain day. On a certain day <laughs> by the trash people. Yep. So good to get familiar. Uh, also getting your foreigner, foreign residence card. Yeah. Um, Everybody gets their regular foreign residence card. Yes. Which I think when you get in here, right? Yes. But something that we really recommend is getting your my, my number. I, my number card. Yeah. My number. This is different from your residence card. Your my number card is kind of like your social security card. Yes. Am I right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. You do not have to have this, mm-hmm. but we really, really recommend it. And we say this because when the pandemic started and they were doing the stimulus check here in mm-hmm. Japan, as foreigners, we had to have the my number card, the right. physical card, or we would not be able to get the stimulus check. Yes. And so... Everyone all at once was applying for this My Number card, and this is already very complicated to do. It's a lot of paperwork, a lot of time, going to your ward office, submitting, receiving something back, submitting it somewhere else. So when you get here, just go ahead and do your My Number card, Mm -hmm. so that way, in the future, if there are any times that you need it, you have it. Yep. And it's also kind of like digitizing that, too, where it's easier to use... um, you can actually scan the card when you go into places that require it. Yeah. Um, I think it makes your life just a little bit easier. So I would say it's worthwhile. Yeah. I, I think it was a little bit of money 
How much? It wasn't. It was like five dollars. Oh, okay. I thought it was was nothing like significant. We actually get like a plastic laminated card instead of a piece of paper. Yeah. And to me, that's a lot safer. I'm not going to break that. Yeah. And I know that Japan has futures to like connect it with different things like Mm -hmm. with your doctor's office and your suica card yeah i don't know if we'll do that but i know that there are plans in the future that's their goal to connect it yeah they want it to be your one number to rule them all which i don't know that's a whole separate thing yeah and kind of going along with documents it's not really a cost thing but this is a great recommendation Mm -hmm. when you are doing anything that is on an official document Yes. Any kind of card, yes. anything, you need to know how to write and pronounce your name before you get there. This is super important. Which I think we had mentioned before. <laughs> we might have said it before in a previous episode, but it's it's worth restating again. Yeah. Like, my name is Philip. Did I do Philip or did I do Philippe? Yeah. And how you pronounce it, because it'll translate different ways. Yeah. And... If you change how you write it when you sign up for things, Mm -hmm. you cannot get back into your account or you won't get authorized or they'll even check your signatures to see if that matches the same name. And then if if your information on a card or in a system somewhere else doesn't match your residence card, they will not be able to verify you and you can't do whatever you're trying to do. Kind of like your passport has to be your legal name. Yeah. So you need to make sure that matches and they'll, they'll turn you down. How to say your full name first, mm-hmm. all all middles and last. Right. You need to know how to write it in katakana yep. and hiragana. Yes. And make it consistent across all paperwork. This yeah. is really important and will save you so much hassle. It, it, it messed us up on some things where some places I signed up with my middle name, some places I didn't, mm-hmm. and they would require it to match, and then it wasn't that way, or I couldn't remember which way I put it, yeah. and I spent like... 10 different tries trying to get it and i figured it out had to go in a store and change it it's, yeah it's dramatic so we're just trying to save you some time yeah. <laughs> okay uh moving on to food uh food is going to be obviously very personal mm-hmm. depending on how much food you consume or yeah. how much food you need for your family yes so cost of food coming from like a grocery store Uh i would say is probably going to be about the same yeah i I would agree with that there are some things that are going to be a lot more expensive Mm -hmm. like fruit is very expensive here yes uh so you might spend a little bit more if you are a heavy fruit eater right your family is heavy with fruits heavy with fruit (laughs) heavy fruit eater (laughs) but vegetables i would say are the opposite vegetables are great super cheap cheap. yeah i think the monthly cost of food here is going to be about the same at the grocery store yeah i'd agree with that i think Uh, what oh go ahead i think what changes though so grocery stores and eating at home i'd say is roughly the same yeah But eating out, I would say, is cheaper probably for the average person. Yeah. And I think that is partially because there's a range of restaurants you can eat at. So if you're you're doing McDonald's, fast food, Taco Bell, whatever, that might be a little bit pricier here. But Mm -hmm. the average middle of the road restaurant, like Chipotle. Like a mom and pop restaurant. or Yeah, like a Chipotle. Like Mm -hmm. the middle ground restaurants are all going to be maybe a bit cheaper or about the same. Right. A good example is ramen or curry. Yeah. Or um, what's the what's the meatball? Meatball? (laughs) Yeah. The super common Niku. Niku. Danbori. Danbori. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, just like lunch type. What is the place called? Which what? Oh, Sukia. Sukia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. 
Sorry, I, I had to figure it out. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, boy. <laughs> but those are usually under $10, like yeah. 6 to 10 bucks, and you get a full meal. Right. And, and something like that, for us at least, in Seattle, would be somewhere in the like 12 to $15 range. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it, Charlotte was pretty much the same, too. Back when yeah. we lived in North Carolina, yeah. it was somewhere in the 12 to $15 range. Right. If you're getting a good meal, not just something quick. Yeah, like a it McDonald's was, it was type pricier. place. So I think eating out might save you a little bit, but mm-hmm. it might also be about the same. Just depends on how you eat. Yeah. So there's four main sources of where you can get your food. Yeah. So grocery, restaurant, kombini, uh-huh. yep. which is... I think you're going to use convenience a lot more than you're used to. I mean, even when we moved over, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to eat it. But Jenny was like, uh, I don't know. I'm probably going to eat at restaurants more. Yeah. And now, how do you feel? We eat conveni lunches. All the time. All the time. <laughs> well, it's good. A lot of them are yeah. fresh made. Like, you get an onigiri from the store yeah and it's it's delicious yeah they're fresh made and you can get like two onigiris for lunch and it's like three dollars three four bucks yeah it's amazing you're full like eating two is you know but they have all of these really nice like prepped meals not all of them are great some of them are scary they look like garbage waste Uh (laughs) Um, they're super sketch they're sketch sometimes if (laughs) if you ever want to like comprehensive review of the kombinis here definitely check out the kombini boys i've been listening to them i mentioned them before but i'm really enjoying them Uh (laughs) they're hilarious (laughs) uh but for the meals that we found that are consistent, there's like some really good pastas. Mm-hmm. You have some really good fried rice that you like. Yeah. There's uh, sushi and omu rice. Yeah. And uh, they even have little salad things. Yeah. You can get uh, sandwiches, like sandwiches, egg sandos. Right. Lots of teas, lots of drinks. Yeah. Little drinks, like coffees. And or... snacks. Just, oh my gosh. Yeah. Be wary of the <laughs> snacks. They have a million of them in every form. Yeah, you're shape. you're probably gonna buy a lot of the conveni in your first few months <laughs> and, until you kind of figure out what your monthly expense is there. Right. Uh, the next one, not, it's not gonna apply to everyone, but it's been a big part of our lives this year with the pandemic. Is Uber Eats? Oh yeah, they do have Uber Eats They've here. They've a good chunk of our monthly. They rent. definitely have. We are trying not to go out as much as possible, mm-hmm. so we are still supporting our local restaurants with Uber Eats, mm-hmm. but that gets very pricey very quickly. It does. It adds up. Yeah. So if you're going to use Uber Eats regularly. They do have it here where you can sign up for the monthly. Yes. That you pay a fee and then it will take that saves some money. It will take off the delivery fee. Mm-hmm. There is still a fee that you have to pay. It's like their transaction fee or whatever. Right. But your fee. delivery fee is covered for the month. So that'll save you a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. But all all of this is gonna depend on how much you use that kind of service. If you don't use it, don't budget for it. Right. But for us trying to be safe, we've used it a lot this year. Yeah, makes sense. All right, so we talked about cost of food. The next monthly payment is phones and internet. And this yeah. one's always a good one. So there are three main carriers or phone providers in Japan. Yep. There's Docomo, SoftBank, and AU. So those are the three main carriers. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a whole bunch of other places that are like sub-providers. There's the same thing in the U.S. where they have these smaller little companies that offer it cheaper. Yeah. And... I guess the real question is, why would you buy one of the main three, or why would you go with one of the smaller ones? So the biggest thing is that there's so many bands, it's a little bit technical, but essentially there's, I would say, 10 bands on average. So Docomo is the main provider, and they have 10 bands, and mm-hmm. Docomo themselves would use seven of those, 
and three of them would be shared across all of the other sub providers. Okay. So what that so means? So the main place just has more bands yeah. available. So that means if there's a ton of people on, you're going to start seeing your speeds drop. You're going to okay. be waiting. It, it gets a little bit tougher. Okay. So that's kind of a trade-off where it it probably won't say that you might not notice, but mm-hmm. in the real world, you're going to start seeing those things affect you. Yeah. So speed, sharing your bands, cost is obviously a big thing, mm-hmm. right? You can save a lot of money if you go with the cheaper one. So you just kind of need to weigh that, like, what's your priority? Do you want performance or do you want to just save a bunch? Yeah. And then last is ease of use. So, <laughs> wow. Similar this, uh, to the bank. Yeah. I, I did not expect this to be a big deal, but first when... I got here and Jenny wasn't here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my person who was helping me out just recommended UQ because it's cheap. Mm-hmm. And when signed up for it, wasn't terrible. It was only like six hours instead of 30. Only. <laughs> but uh, the big thing was that UQ, in order to get my data every month, I would have to go log on to this Japanese website and I'd have to push this button that charges my data. So to use my phone every month, I'd have to go and sign up and push a button and it was so annoying because sometimes i would forget and it's the first and i didn't do it and i'm out of data yeah and then it charges you and it charges you ten dollars because you had to pay for extra because you didn't push your button yeah this is what we mean oh my we're gosh like, just when japan is behind like everyone's like oh japan's all of the future yeah and in some ways it is and it's great but really the day-to-day stuff like this i just don't understand how they're still at this level yeah <laughs> it's just, crazy some things are way advanced and some things are just why is this not changed? Yeah. Um, okay. So talking about that, we talked about the three main providers. All of these providers go through what's called an ISP. And there are two of them. The first one is KDDI and the second one is NTT. I would say this is something that's relevant to consider. NTT has a good reputation or a reputation of being painful and frustrating and mm-hmm. slow. They're kind of like the... Uh, I don't know if Time Warner Cable is the first thing I think of in the U.S. Well, that's what we dealt with. Yeah. Yeah. like It's just a pain, basically. They just... A good example is when I first moved here, they said you need to do NTT, and I went to sign up, and they said it was going to be two months before they get someone out to get me internet and service. Which is crazy. That's crazy. And I was trying (laughs) to work from home, you know, work in the IT field. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I went into AU... And they said, oh, yeah, we have service for your area. And they said, yeah, we'll have someone out there tomorrow. And we'll get it set up. And it's faster. Initially, you had this, what was the brand called? Which thing? NTT? No, no, no. no. Oh, UQ? So originally, we had UQ. And that was just not a good good uh experience experience yeah that's what i'm looking for <laughs> and then we're like okay let's try one of the big ones and that's when we moved over to au yeah and au has been a much better experience <laughs> for us yeah so this isn't just applying to au this could also be docomo and softbank yeah this is just what we've dealt with yeah this is just sharing our experience um au is typically known to be one of the fastest of the carriers that's why we went with it because i need speed often i work for my phone Sometimes I even do Zoom calls from my phone, so I want to have good reception. Yeah. And so what made this really cool is when I signed up for AU, they actually were able to bundle a bunch of stuff. We were talking about this earlier with utilities. Yeah. So So. they went ahead and uh, Philip had all of his stuff switched from the old one to AU. So all of our utilities Mm -hmm. are now under AU and with our phone. And yeah, so now we pay them automatically. 
Yeah. They don't send us the physical bill. You it's can actually, deducted out of your bank account, right? Yeah. Automatic. Which is great. Who knew? It's great. Yeah. So <laughs> automated payments. I can actually see my bill online. I yeah. can go compare it to the last month to say, did I spend money on you know extra data? Did I spend more on electricity or yeah. water? I can see my gas bills, see how yeah. that changed. It's it's awesome. And that's a great way when you're starting to see those high bills. You're mm-hmm. like, okay, what's wh- going what on? What happened? You can go back and you can look at that information to say day by day, day by day, which is great because you're like, oh, I know what's causing that. Uh-huh. I did such and such this day. Like I did four loads of laundry and right. I dried clothes. Yeah. You know that your dryer is a big cost of energy. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can adjust that and to get it more of what you need it to be. Yeah, and I think that's something that's interesting that I wasn't expecting when I'm saying a lot of I because I had to do this by myself. Yeah. Jenny wasn't here yet, so I had to make all of these decisions. Yeah. And uh, when I signed up with AU, they actually paid for me to get out of the contract with UQ. Yeah. Which that was awesome. And they also gave a bunch of sign up discounts. Mm -hmm. So I got like $200 for signing up for a provider for internet, Mm -hmm. another $200 for signing up for their contract, and then they had like another $100 if you sign up for this other random thing. So basically, you you just get some freebies. Yeah, they gave out like hundreds of dollars, and Mm -hmm. sometimes they'll even have free phones you can get. So I would definitely look Look into into, options. Yeah. Yeah. Was that cash? That was... Or did they uh, give it to you like credit? I don't know if I call it cash. I got these vouchers, which okay. I had to go in person in exchange for cash. Okay. <laughs> Japan. I don't know if I told you that. They no. gave me like an envelope with, you know, a, a, a wrap around these vouchers. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, Not whatever. just straight money. You, you got cash. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So that was super cool. Uh, I would highly recommend it just for the convenience. Look at one of the major three. Yeah. Personally, I recommend AU. And it just, it makes your life simple. And yeah. I think that ease of use is worth if it's even a little bit pricier yeah a month and then you have the phone app which is a lot nicer too did you have a phone app on the last place i did that was the one i had to push the button oh, and it the was button. super okay, okay. janky yeah and the au phone app is great and that's going to make your life simpler yeah um so good thing to know is if you're coming over and you have a family most places don't have a family plan yeah we have to pay for our separate it's really annoying mm-hmm. so jenny has her bill and then i have my bill i gotta mm-hmm. pay them together and we don't share data. Some places do it, but it's not as cost efficient. And it's like a workaround and you lose features. It's just, it's, it's a very lot strange. of hassle. And I think it ends up costing more. Yeah. So you might just have to pay individual lines, which is a bit weird. Right. And then bringing your own phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may or may not want to do that. Right. A uh, benefit to bringing a phone from the US like we did is we have... Uh, phones that have quiet oh, cameras, cameras which is it, it, it's basically a safety feature here it in is. japan which it i is. really appreciate it because there are creeps who take pictures of women on uh-huh. the train or up escalators or stairs mm-hmm. uh, and they're just trying to be creepy and this is a feature that's installed in the japanese phones uh-huh. that when a picture is taken it always makes a shutter sound right Whereas in the U.S., if we have our phone on silent, it does not make a shutter sound. Yeah. It's a I, safety feature. I just find it so crazy that they had to put this in their phones it in the first place. Because it happens so often. Yeah, that's, just, that's like a whole frustrating thing in itself. Yeah. Just so if you're not reason. a creep and you're coming <laughs> to Japan, right. you'd like to bring your own phone. Because every time you take a picture, you don't want to have like an obnoxious shutter yes. sound. Because yeah. it's kind of annoying when you're like in a restaurant and you're just trying to take a cool picture of your latte or whatever. Right. 
yeah. And it's like, chink. Yeah. Uh, but coming here, uh, you can still get all the phones you're used to. Yeah, they have everything. They, they have all the newest ones. They are more expensive here. Yeah. Uh, so just be prepared. I would say electronics in general are pricier. Oh, yeah. Phones, computer parts, computers, laptops, monitors. You're going to spend a lot more in electronics here. Yeah, that, that part is always more expensive and you're always paying full retail price. There's a lot of other things that are cheaper, especially like daily household things. Um, those are fine, but yeah, you're going to pay in that area. Okay, so we've talked about phones and mm-hmm. that cost. What about like the cost of your internet and yeah. your monthly bills? All right, so ours is, I think, $70 a month. For the phones? For our internet. For the internet, okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't really include phones, but I guess a rough idea. Uh, okay, going back to phones. Our cost is about $55 to $60 per phone. And that's that's kind of pricey, but we use a lot of data. Yeah. We have 30 gigs per year. Yeah, phone, we burn through some data. Which a lot of people bring back, oh my gosh, I have two gigs, so that's totally fine. So you yeah. can get something cheaper, even through the same company. Yeah. Um, that's just tailored. But I wanted to give you, we're probably on the higher end, $60 per person, per phone. Um, you could get it as low as $20 or even $10. So I would say in between 20 to 60 is for your phone. And then for your internet at home... I would say $40 is the low end and then $80 is the high end for internet. Mm -hmm. And that just depends on the speed. 40 is usually like your 200 megabit internet connection. It's okay. It's Mm -hmm. shared usually. So usually get a little bit more impact from people around you. I personally would say get the gigabit if you can, because you're going to get a lot faster speeds. You won't get impacted by your neighbors. And Japan is actually ahead in this sense. So in the US, Google was coming out with Google Fiber which was gigabit internet. Mm -hmm. And that was super cool. Everyone's been excited. They're still trying to get it in some places. Mm -hmm. Here in Japan, we're awesome. And they have gigabit for like the last however many years, 10 years or something. Mm. And some places have two gigabit, three gigabit, five. And now they even have 10. Wow. So that's usually inside of houses. They get five and 10. Gotcha. to me, that's super cool. That's way yeah. ahead. I right? mean, I don't know the impact as much as you. I know. But... I'm, I'm nerding out over here. Jenny's like, I don't even know. Okay, cool. <laughs> we get internet. <laughs> I, don't, I just think it's it's really cool. That's something in Japan as well. All right. All right. Moving on from phones and internet, we're going to talk about transferring money abroad. Mm-hmm. And this is something that a lot of people might have to do. Yeah. We have to do this every month because we still have school loans back in the U.S. Right. So we have quite a good chunk of school loans so we have to spend quite a bit of money uh transferring money every month to pay those and some people transfer it to their families back home yeah you're trying to pay off whatever yeah this was a common question a lot of people had and essentially we would recommend two different options and i'd say there's three total so first one to get out of the way is transferring through your bank it's called a bank remit remittance I don't know if I'd fully recommend it. Like sometimes it's okay. Some banks do it better. Uh, But what I would really take a look at is this app called Revolut. Mm -hmm. So they're brand new. Um, They've been out in the EU for a while. But in Japan, they just came out. And uh, essentially, it's like a cash account. Okay. So they give you a debit card and you can transfer cash in here. And you can spend it just like a regular bank account debit card. But... I'd say the biggest thing that they give is their ability to transfer money abroad at a cheap price. Okay. So let's see. I have some notes here. They don't have any hidden fees. They have good exchange rates. 
They don't support direct debit. So Which is... that's like if you want your work to drop their money, drop your monthly payment, your paycheck into the account, they okay. can't do that. Oh, they can't do that. Right. Okay, good to know. Um, and so if you want to transfer money abroad, it's free. The whole service is free up to $7,500 a month or 750,000 yen, which is super cool. So if you're not transferring more than that, you can actually use this service for free. If you want to do more, you can get unlimited size transfers for a paid price, which is actually like, I think it was $10 a month if I remember. So you can do as much as you want. Yeah. Okay. That's nice. Yeah. It doesn't support Apple Pay yet. I have not found a card or system that supports Apple Pay, Mm -hmm. which I've been trying to find this because I want to have a credit card here that's um, able to do that. There are some that do it, but I wanted to have something that was, I don't know, I guess a bit more modern. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Anyways, Revolut, it's awesome because there's no fee whenever you do a transfer and they have really good exchange rates. So it's basically almost free to do a transfer. Mm -hmm. Transfer wise was what we were using before. Um, they don't have any monthly fees or anything, but they do charge a small fee when you do a transfer each time. Okay. But their exchange rates were amazing. They're better than a bank from what I can tell. So what I would do is just take a look at between those two. Revolut and transfer wise. Yeah. And see what works better for you. Yep. You got it. Gotcha. And I think maybe it doesn't matter to some people, but with the Revolut, you get like free lounge passes and Mm -hmm. a fancy car. Yeah. Airport lounge. Yeah. Right. I guess that makes sense if you explain what, yeah. <laughs> what you're talking about. So you get a couple of little extras with the Revolut card. There was a bit of a process that we had to do. We had to mm. apply for this Revolut card and wait uh, a little while to get it. I don't right. know if there's still that long line to get access to this, but for us, it's completely worth the hassle that we yes. had to go through. So if you end up liking Revolut and you have to be in that line, go ahead and go through TransferWise first, and mm-hmm. then you can make that transition to Revolut. Yeah. All right. Uh, Last but not least, we have how do I pay for things? Okay. (laughs) What does that mean? Yeah. (laughs) It's a little bit more complicated Uh here. You can use uh, point cards, which is Uh something you use literally everywhere. Every place has a point card here. When I think of point cards back in the US, I think of like when you go to a grocery store and they have like a little discount card uh-huh. and or it's, coupons or coupons or something like that and it's not that big a deal but point cards here are crazy like uh-huh. every place has point cards <laughs> and when you're spending all this money at combinis or wherever restaurants yeah these things start to accumulate and you're getting all these points back and like an example is the grocery store that i shop at i have two point cards that i yeah. use with you them. even have what three or four at one place the american pharmacy yeah well that the american pharmacy is just part of the grocery yeah. store so it's its own thing it's that's, its that's own the name of it. point it's card not really even and american, then the grocery store has two so uh-huh. when i go to this grocery store i use american pharmacy uh-huh. and then the grocery store so i'm using three point cards <laughs> <laughs> and so all of these cards are getting points. And then when I go to the grocery store one time, I got $70 off my groceries. Wow. So it's worth the hassle. You uh-huh. just, just, you're going to have like 500 point cards. It's just a, a way of life here in I Japan. was so excited because right before we moved, I've been working to slim down my wallet. Yeah. And just carry like five cards, be more minimalistic. And, you know, I finally reached that point where I was feeling good. And then Japan strikes and now I have 
what, like 30 so cards in my cards. wallet because you have a point hey, card for you everything. You make me carry most of the point cards. I try, yeah. He I, tries to pawn them I off I try to pawn me. them off the Jenny. <laughs> Sucker. Yeah, so common ones are going to be our point. Rakuten. Rakuten. Yeah. Uh, Ponta. Mm-hmm. T point. Yep. Atere, which atere. is yeah. at, at, atere. I don't know how to say it. It's A T R E. Atre. Atre. What that? Someone's like, oh, like, cringe. Yuck. Uh, JR point card, which you can use at all JR stations and any of the like restaurants, anything connected with yeah. the JR station. So yep. definitely get a JR point card if you're anywhere near the mm-hmm. JR stations. Uh, that one's going to help you a lot. Restaurants and coffee shops, grocery stores, they're all going to have their own specific ones. So you're going to have a lot of these cards. Yep. But it's just part of paying here in Japan if you want to save a little money. In the U.S., I felt like you would get a credit card and you get a point system. And that was how you usually save money in the U.S. But here, you have to go through the whole point card thing. Yeah. And and a lot of the credit cards don't have the kind of cash back. Yeah. The only one I've ever seen that has cash back on a... A debit card is that Sony card, like yeah. we talked about before. Yeah, and it's only 0.5. Yeah. I mean, it's something, so. Right. Some uh, credit cards have 1%. Yeah. But a lot of those have yearly fees or something. Yeah. Uh, so the main way I think most people pay here is going to be PayPay, mm-hmm. or they're going to be your Suica or Passimo card. Right. So you can use PayPay. It's essentially an app that you preload money onto uh-huh. and then you can use PayPay. like i'm going to use PayPay, and then they scan it uh-huh. and it will take that money off of your app PayPay is amazing we use PayPay for pretty much everything yeah and we've only found PayPay in the last few months it's it's so good just i would say get it don't even think about yeah, it don't even think about it's it it's free and you can transfer money to it automatically yeah and it just it digitizes your life in japan right and then What's great about it is you get a lot of cash back compared to everything else. Yeah, you get You get a base of 1%. 0.5%. Okay, you get a base of 0.5%. Uh-huh. If you spend over $1,000 uh-huh. a month, you get an additional 0.5%. Yep. And then if you make 50 purchases, so you mm-hmm. just have to use the card 50 times through the month, you get an additional 0.5%. Yeah. So at the end, if you've hit those milestones you're going to get 1.5 percent for the next month cash back for the next month yep which is great you know if you're trying to save a little bit of money it's a free app doesn't cost you anything use that it's great and it works with uber eats it does work with (laughs) uber eats so if you're like us and you're spending a lot on uber eats yep yep. you're getting that cash back you maybe feel like five percent less bad yeah one (laughs) 1.5 percent cash back is the best that i found like out of any japan option yeah. So it's it's definitely good. At least for what's available to us as yeah. foreigners. Yep. Uh, Suica and Passmo, like I said, a lot of people use that as well. It's the same thing. It's your transit card, but you can uh-huh. also use it to pay for mm-hmm. things. Momo's <laughs> scratching on his He's scratching scratch on his scratch pull. Oh, he's climbing oh, it. Oh, <laughs> no. Go, Mo, go. Go, go. Make it to the top. Oh. Momo, good job. <laughs> now he's climbing on what was the router. So we had to put a box over the router because he keeps turning off our internet. Yeah, we'd be in the middle of playing games or watching something, and it stops, and it's because Mowgli's stepping on the switch. Yeah. And so Jenny thought of this ingenious thing and put a box over it that and manages so now the fit. He and just sits on the box, and we have now it's Wi-Fi. A feature. Right. <laughs> uh, Suica, Pasco. Okay. 
yeah, you use them for your transit, mm-hmm. or you can preload it to use it for money, like at convenience stores and yes. a lot of uh, like electronic stores and uh-huh. restaurants, cafes, almost all places except like a Suica or a Pasmo. Yeah, and they usually have a card at the register, and mm-hmm. you can see what uh, like point cards they accept which yes. uh, payments they accept like the PayPay or mm-hmm. suica so you'll know kind of ahead of time what you can use yeah between PayPay and suica we can pay at almost every place now with our phones which is awesome yeah so we actually don't have to pull out cash that often yeah which um, saves you on like pulling cash out those yeah kind yeah of fees uh but also you know touchless payment is great mm-hmm because yeah, especially so we, during the pandemic yeah yeah exactly. so between uh suica and pepe that's how we pay for everything essentially here's a pro tip for people that already use suica that i didn't realize at first so you can actually charge your phone so if you have suica on your phone or passmo i think it applies to as well mm-hmm. um you can charge it in the station there's places where you can put your watch there or your phone mm-hmm. instead of the card and you can pay with cash so if you have like a hundred dollars cash you right. want to put it on your suica card you can actually do that there instead of paying just through the app. Right. And not every station has these specific reload stations. Yeah. Like, you have to you, look you'll them. know what we're talking about. There's like a reload station where you can buy your train tickets. Mm-hmm. If you're just visiting and you don't deal with all of this, it's the same place, but there's a little box and you put your phone or your watch in it and you lay it down. And then you say, I want to add $100. Right. You put $100 cash in and then it just like, transfers the hundred dollars onto your phone it's awesome awesome. yeah Yeah. it's great so if you're running low on money on your phone Uh make sure that you find a place right away and load your phone (laughs) that way you're not stranded at a place that does not have one of the special reloads for your phone yeah because they are not at every one of them you can also use your apple wallet apple pay if you have that um there's there's a lot of good options at least yeah it's just it really once you get here look at all your options and decide what's best for you but i really think you're gonna love PayPay or suica yeah we've we've tried a couple other ones just to call them out there's our pay rakuten pay uh alipay there's line pay line pay is pretty big here yeah that one's pretty good we haven't dabbled into it yet but i know it's very popular Mm -hmm. with like japanese people it's a big main it's very common yeah and then Mercari Pay, which I don't know that much about. Yeah, Merukari is basically the Japanese eBay, is how I'd phrase it. Oh. Um, they do a lot of buying and reselling, mm-hmm. uh, but they also, because it's Japan, they <laughs> dabble into every other thing. Yeah. Uh, a fun thing here is Yahoo. Yahoo does a lot of these things. They're also part of Rakuten, I think, now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yahoo is not super popular in the U.S. anymore like it used to be. Yeah. It used to be huge. It still exists, but in Japan, Yahoo owns a whole bunch of stuff, and yeah. they're still really big. There's Yahoo yeah. auctions that are just for Japan. At some point, you're probably going to have to make a Yahoo ID. Yeah. It's just, I don't know how it's it sneaks into your side life. Note. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the last thing we have for, wow, I can't believe all of the information we, made, we, we almost made it through. <laughs> if you're still listening, props, you're... Yeah. A rock star, you've made it. You've got lots of information for <laughs> yep. prepping for moving. Yeah. The last thing we're going to talk about is credit cards. Yes. Because credit cards are something that most of us in the U.S. have, mm-hmm. uh, be it for trying to make your credit better or just trying to have a line of credit for emergencies. Right. Whatever you use it for. Credit cards are just things that we have. Yeah. And when we came 
over to Japan. We're like, mm-hmm. we know that getting a credit card in your first year is pretty much impossible mm-hmm. as a foreigner. Even as a foreigner with a five-year visa with intentions to stay here, we have all of the like high qualifications and we still can't get yeah. a credit card. It's it, tough. It's I just, just plan on not being You're able not going to gonna be it. able to get a credit card, a Japanese credit card in the first year. Yes. And you might be able to after a year, but even then it's kind of a hit and miss thing. Right. And it's not based off of your U.S. credit. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with your credit. It's not even, they don't even really have a full credit system here. I they think have they're something. trying to make it like yeah. J. There's J score, J score and there's some other ones and there's your my number. Yeah. They're, they're trying to build a system, but it's not there yet. Yeah. And uh, so they don't have a way to verify. And typically what happens is they say, well have you opened another card they don't have any of the details but they know do you have another card Mm -hmm. and once you have that first one open that's like your gateway card and then you can get anything you want well within reason yeah 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 yeah, obviously yeah then you'll be able to get credit cards but it's just one of those things you're not Mm going to be able to get a credit card in the first year right and if you are someone that needs a credit card uh something we recommend is an Apple card? Mm-hmm. Is it just Apple card? Yeah, it's just Apple. Okay. Apple's credit card. Apple's credit card. And Phil and I both got one of those before we moved over here uh-huh. because it could be used internationally without right. fees. Yeah. Am, am I right on that? Yeah, that's right. Okay. So we got that specifically because of the fees. Mm-hmm. And we can use that credit card over here. And it's great. And it held us over. It until... saved our, our lives a few times where something yeah. wasn't accepted. Yeah. And we had to run it through that. Yeah. So it, it's kind of that safety net that you might normally have with a credit card. Mm-hmm. It might be something that you can use until you get past that one year mark and you can start getting your Japanese credit cards. Yeah. So the, the example that I was talking about there, um, to call out, Shinsei gives you a cash card. It's like a credit card. It's Geica card. It's a Geica card is what yeah. they call it. And it's accepted in most places, but then some won't. Like when we actually tried to pay our phone bill, mm-hmm. they wouldn't accept it. And they didn't recognize Shinsei as a bank. They said it's not in our system. Yeah. We won't use it even though there's a routing number and account number yeah. and all the regular stuff. Right. So we we ended up having to pay our phone bill with that credit card. Yeah. So that credit card has come in handy. Yeah. And you, you have to pay like some of the um what's the fees the inner conversion fees conversion that's conversion rates yeah conversion rates are going to vary so if you're making big purchases that Mm -hmm. might affect you but these small little purchases are not that big a deal yep and again to make it all better sony sweeping in here their debit card is accepted pretty much everywhere yeah because everyone recognizes sony as a japanese bank yeah it's so you're not going to have any trouble paying with your debit card right and it's in english it's it's pretty awesome yeah it's really been great so yeah just just go get that it'll make your lives easier okay wow (laughs) that was a lot of information it was uh i think that we've covered everything we could possibly think of when it comes to money and cost of living i know it was a lot of information but Mm -hmm. i think this is going to be super valuable for those coming to japan starting your life here right. if you've just got here or even people you're... who live here already yeah and they're still figuring things out yeah like pay pay i didn't know about that for yeah. at least another year all of these little tips and tricks that we <clears throat> have fought through and uh-huh. learned from and lost money uh we're now sharing with you so you don't have to go through that so i really hope we have hit everything that you had questions on 
if you have other questions that we did not cover, I don't know how you could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you do, uh, of course, you can send us an email. We now have a website Ooh, that you can send us an fancy. email on, uh, tokyoadventures.com. Yep. And there is a contact page. Yes. And you can send us an email there with all of your questions. And we will write back to you. And if you have anything that's we think would be really valuable, we may share on a future podcast. Yeah. Of course, we'll confirm that with you before we do. Uh, as always, you can send your pictures or if you have cool stories yeah, you want to share. Yeah, we love to see pictures. Anything you want to share with us, we'd love to hear from you guys. It's always fun for us. We also have the Twitter mm-hmm. and uh, the Instagram, Tokyo Adventures Podcast on both of those. Of course, all of this information will be in the description of this episode. Yep. I think that's going to be it, finally. All right. You made <laughs> All it. All right. Thanks You're for hanging troopers. in with us, guys. Uh, until next time, we'll see you. Bye. Bye. Bye.